Broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett studio inside the Sonesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. It's time for Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services. We are the cornerstone of security in the Southeast. Hey, welcome everybody to Case in Point once again, presented by Paradigm Security Services. I'm your host, Rick Strawn, the president of Paradigm Security Services. We're excited to be with you again today on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio, located in the beautiful Sonesta Gwinnett Place, Atlanta Hotel in Duluth, Georgia. It's a mouthful. In addition to Paradigm Security Services, this show is also brought to you by Sosby's Garage, and he is looking for a top-notch mechanic. So we, uh, if you have anybody out there, you know anybody, or you are qualified, give him a call. And you will uh, find that information. It'll be broadcast to you. Uh, you probably heard it before, but it's at 200 Bay Creek Road in Loganville, Georgia, 678-825-2127. Talk to John. Uh, on every show, we uh, feature businesses and organizations in the Atlanta area and people, especially those that serve our county here in Gwinnett. While businesses, and really all businesses, have some kind of security needs, not all are about physical security, and we will touch on that and, and other related aspects of security in some way through the course of our shows. Everybody today is very familiar with what's going on with our once illustrious Gwinnett County schools and our school boards. Go from uh, one of the top in the nation to, I don't know, somewhere down 600 and something on the ratings. I don't know, but not anything like what it used to be. Uh, been a lot of things happened here in the past year, two years, that have just not set well with a lot of parents. And so they're looking for some changes within the uh, Gwinnett County School Board. A lot of people running for office trying to make that change and do a little something different and see if we can't get back to the, uh, the quality of school board that we had uh, here, well, let's just say two years ago, just for the heck of it. Uh, and in that effort, we, like I said, we have a lot of people, a lot of parents that have decided to pick up the gauntlet and see what they can do to, to help. And in this case, one of those people is a young man named Michael Rudnick. Hey, Michael, how are you doing? I'm great. How are you? Doing good. Michael's running for the school board in District 2. Correct. And uh, he is, which happens to be my school district, but um, Michael is, uh, first he's a parent. Um, he's a father of a 13-year-old special needs boy named Brady. And I'll let him explain a little bit about that. But I'll let you kind of tell who you are. Who is Michael Rudnick? Thanks. Um, the most important thing I am and what I tell people is I'm a dad. I'm a special needs dad, secondly. Um, those things certainly go hand in hand together. And, and um it's it's a journey when you do have a special needs child uh, the things that you come across the things that you encounter um, different things that you have to do and uh, different ways that you have to advocate for your own child and, and um, for them to get um, the same treatment or um, the services that they need so um, it's a battle and I always have a lot of respect for special needs parents and, and we usually find a bond with each other when, when you find out that someone else is a special needs parent and um, it instantly creates a bond and it goes beyond politics. It goes beyond um, everything, really. When you find out someone else is a special needs parent, it usually creates a lot of conversation 
um, amongst those parents and then we create groups and um, we trade secrets and we trade war stories with with parenting and um, you know we, we trade the times that we cry and, and I was say the laughs and the tears absolutely and everything <laughs> um, and uh, you know it's it's a lifelong journey and we're learning that we have one child and he's again he's 13 um, and and he we wouldn't trade him for the world and I think uh, every special needs parent says that but it, it, it genuinely is true um, you wouldn't want to trade it there's certainly things that you don't get to do but there's a lot of things that you do get to do um, because you have a special needs child and um, we try to take him on a lot of life experiences and um, have as much fun as possible with him and, and just make his life really really enjoyable while still challenging him well i can appreciate that uh my grandson uh i love him to death it's he has some autistic he is autistic and he's a challenge um mm -hmm. he has his moments he's uh as he gets older he gets better but he's still, he is that special kid. Mm -hmm. And uh, he is a handful. And he's so much, I keep thinking he reminds me of myself when I was small, mm -hmm. <laughs> when I was a kid. Yeah. He gets into trouble every time he turns around. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's, a, he's, a, he's an awesome, awesome little kid. Yeah. Well, you know, how about your background? What, what, you know, what's your background as you're coming into this? What do you do? So, uh, you know, going way far back, I was originally born in, in Boston, Massachusetts. I didn't live there for a long time, but I moved down to Atlanta when I was 10. My parents relocated down here, and obviously I came with them. Um, and I grew up in Marietta, Georgia, not too far from here. Um, went to Lasseter High School, mm -hmm. uh, made it through high school, and then uh, went on to the University of Georgia and then graduated from there. Go dogs! Uh, yeah, go <laughs> dogs. Um, and so I graduated in 2003. Um, uh, right after college, I started, my dad owned a business, he owned a sign business, um, and he had that from 1994 to 2008. And so I, I went to work for him for, um, about two years, two or three years. And, um, you know, in conversations with him, he wasn't retiring anytime soon. So I decided to take on a career for myself and I started working for Enterprise Rent-A-Car. Um, I thought it was a short-term job and I ended up working there for 13 years. <laughs> um, so I think that's kind of how life goes sometimes. Absolutely. Um, I, I worked my way up through the system through Enterprise, and I, I moved to Louisville, Kentucky, got promoted there to run the Enterprise Alamo National at the Louisville International Airport. Mm -hmm. um, it was nerve-wracking moving your family, you know, halfway across the country, but, um, you know, you had to do what was best for your career and best for your family, and that was the next step in, in my career. Well, we got there, and, and we realized from a special needs environment that the schooling was really uh, not up to what we needed. Um, it was... Um, they have much less options. Um, we came from Gwinnett County. We're in Gwinnett County at this point. And so Gwinnett County has this continuum of options for Autism 1, Autism 2, Autism 3. They've got behavioral classes. They've got MID, MOD. I mean, every, every yep. option under the sun for, for classes. One well, in Kentucky, they had all the K through 5 kids in one class regardless of your ability. And um, uh, my son was the only verbal child in the classroom. So it was frustrating for him. He had nobody to communicate with. So we ultimately made a decision to leave Kentucky, uh, leave that job, and come back to uh, Gwinnett County. We specifically targeted this community. This is in 2018. Um, I took a job as a regional sales director for about a year and a half um, to get back into sales, and um, something else fell in my lap, and I'm currently the fleet director for the city of uh, Lawrenceville. Um, and I've been there for uh, almost two and a half years now. Um, I really enjoy the position. Um, it's close by home, so it allows me to spend time with family. Um, and it's uh, kind of goes back into my background of, of managing fleets and occupancy and, and making sure that vehicles are taken care of and things like that. So that's kind of where I'm at now. This, that's a little bit about my background. Um, 
and uh, again, we, we've settled back here in Gwinnett County and plan to be here for the foreseeable future. It sounds like you run into uh, a friend of mine, and, my, and I'm just sitting there fixed to say it, Chuck Warbington. Oh, yeah, yeah. You run into him a lot, don't you? <laughs> Chuck is my boss's boss. <laughs> yeah. Um, Chuck's a great guy. Yeah, he is. Uh, he was over the uh, – back then it was one of the CIDs. Mm -hmm. It's now Gateway CID. You mm -hmm. speak with that village. We, had the, we worked at security for that CID. Mm -hmm. And that's how I got to know Chuck. Yeah, he is. Uh, he's an awesome guy. Yeah, he's. Uh, you know, Lawrenceville's a, a, a decent sized city, and it, it takes uh, a lot of employees. We've got, uh, I think, somewhere between three and four hundred employees. Um, we've got uh, between three and four hundred pieces of, of vehicle or equipment that I manage. Um, you know, from a budget standpoint, repairing, purchasing, disposing, um, safety, um, recalls, um, all those things. So, um, and then Chuck, of course, is the city manager. He's over all the different departments. Well, he has a he has a vision, mm -hmm. and he is he's a visionary, mm -hmm. and that has been one of the things that uh, Lawrenceville has needed for a long time. Yeah. So he's perfect for that position. It's much different now than it was. 15 years ago. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, we talk about the school board, and I guess what would be your opinion of the current state of the affairs and the school board in Gwinnett? Uh, we're, we're in the news for all the wrong reasons, unfortunately. And um, recently we've made national global news. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately. It, yeah, I know. Um, and, and it's really happened over the last two years. Um, it all started when the pandemic happened, and um, I think nationwide people weren't, weren't paying attention to their local races, to their local elected officials, and just really floating by. And when the pandemic happened and us as parents uh, had to sit down next to our children and see what was going on in our classrooms, in their classrooms. and what then an eye-opening. It was extremely eye-opening. And, um, you know, to look at what they were being taught, how they were being taught, there were some things that were concerning to us as parents and, and we were next to them every single day for at least three months. And so, you know, you start looking into things and, and you, who are your school board members? I'm going to go to the school board meeting and I'm going to speak. And so they went from having two people speak at a meeting to having 85 people speak at a meeting. And so we started digging into who was running for school board, who were the elected officials. And so we had the election in 2020 and unfortunately because a lot of people were on autopilot um those elections happened and and now we have consequences from those elections and absolutely that's what we're living through right now and um there's um a few members of our school board that have uh just taken us in, in the wrong direction and you know it shows in the numbers our, our school system has dropped from uh continuously a top 15 school board uh, school system in the, in the state so we're ranked 66th in the state right now out of 180 school districts that's that's the bottom third i'm sorry that's the that's out of the top third um and so we're going the wrong direction um our superintendent was fired by our new school board who's the longest tenured superintendent in the country um there's a reason he was there for a lot that long he won uh two broad prizes um you know just and we went from winning those two nationally recognized awards to being on national tv for <laughs> rather ridiculous and for tiktok videos yeah no exactly you know and, and that's that's a sad state of affairs but go ahead sorry yeah I no i mean you're absolutely right that you know to go from winning those awards and, and there's monetary gain for the district from from those awards um to you know things like making the tucker carlson show bbc <laughs> um i mean we're on the news in canada and in in england um it's, it's just it's craziness yep it, that it, it's a good way to put it it's craziness well 
you know, looking at all that and the craziness there, why in the world would you decide that you wanted to run for that craziness? That's a good question. <laughs> I thought so. <laughs> I think I ask myself that question sometimes. Um, I, I fought with the school system for almost two years. Um, I fought with thing, with, for things such as um, removing our mask mandate, which was ridiculous. We went so far as to, to my family was part of a named uh, plaintiff on a lawsuit against the school system. We protested. We spoke at school board meetings. Um, there was numerous things that we fought with them about keeping schools open, keeping schools open for special needs students. Um, and uh, the school board and the school district didn't listen to us. They, di they didn't respond to us. It, it wasn't just they were saying no. It's just they weren't saying anything. And there was no response whatsoever. So, um, you know, if you fast forward to probably November of 2021, I felt like I had gotten as far as I could get and as, as an everyday citizen. And I, I said, you know what, what's the next logical step? I'm going to get up on that board and I'm going to make a difference that way. I'm going to be one of five people. And it's not just, just to uh, combat these changes that are happening in our school board. I wanted to bring a special needs voice to the school board and um, represent well, and that make community. Some positive changes yeah. instead of negative ones. Absolutely, and represent that community. 20% of our students in our district have special needs or an IEP or a 504 in place. Mm -hmm. And so when we do make changes and we do make policy changes, we need to think about that community. It's one-fifth of our community, so why not have one-fifth of our school board be someone that represents that community? Absolutely. Uh, you know, like I say, it's, you know, there's a lot of change going on, and it's not positive change. So let's look to try to make some positive changes to the school board and get it to where it's really where it's functional, mm -hmm. where it's uh, positively functional. Um, I know that going into this, you've got to foresee some challenges. Mm -hmm. What would you say the biggest challenges that you're going to face are going to be? You know, getting up on the school board, it, it depends on what the dynamics of the school board look like. Uh, life's a lot easier when um, your beliefs are in the majority, and life's are a lot more difficult when your beliefs are in the minority. Um, but I, I still think even if you're in the minority, you can make a difference, and I think you can make your voice be heard, and I think you can make your constituents and the people that believe in you feel like they're heard. Um, I feel like there's negotiations that can happen. I feel like it doesn't have to be all one way or another way, mm -hmm. and I think it's important that someone that has a, a, a business background of being able to do those things can get up there and get in a room and have sensible conversation with individuals to say, hey. I see your way, but let me show you this other direction that we can go, and we find something in the middle. Um, you know, I, I certainly don't expect to to have everything 100% my vision because uh, there's value. That's never going to happen. Yeah, well, there's value in other people's opinions. Um, Absolutely. And, and when you listen to other people, great things happen. Um, and so those are some of the challenges, just coming together as a room, getting along, because um, there's dysfunction on our board right now. And I think there's distrust with the community, uh, with our school board and our school system. So building that trust back is going to be difficult and it's going to be a long road. And it's going to happen slowly, unfortunately, but we've got to build that trust back. The community lost the trust fast, but we've, it's going to take a long time to build it back. Well, I totally agree on the trust factor. Mm -hmm. uh, there has been a lot of trust that has just fallen through the cracks on this just because of the mannerisms, responses, reactions. And like you said, people aren't listening. Mm -hmm. uh, the things they do listen to, they have responses that are really negative. Mm -hmm. uh, it's kind of like, well, if y'all don't, don't like it my way, you know, get over it. Mm -hmm. Pound sand. Yeah, that just, that's not the right way to look. You're dealing, we're dealing with some very important things with our kids and our grandkids. 
that are in these schools, and we've got to learn to work together and work in a positive way mm-hmm. and not doing some of this stuff that they've got coming in, CRT, everything else. That's just that's, that is so negative. Yeah. One of the things I, th- I think that has um, been a negative to whatever side of the conversation you're on is our, our board has decided that they're going to limit the amount of speakers that are allowed to speak at school board meetings. That, that's parents and stakeholders only opportunity to really get in front of the school board and to speak. Exactly. Um, and so in the month that they had 85 speakers, uh, right after that, they decided they were going to limit it to 30 speakers per month. Um, and now they're going to change it to where you can only speak on items that are on the agenda. Well, I typically speak when I go about special needs students and the needs. And, the and they are never on the agenda. Never on the agenda. And so I would never have the opportunity to speak. So they're they're about to vote in this month. They're going to give half the, student, half the slots of the to 30 students. to students. And then they're going to split that up before and after the meeting, before the making. It's just censorship is really what it is. Exactly. And I and I've told people from the beginning, it's also they can get to bed at a reasonable hour. And for me, that's unacceptable. And um, if people want to keep me there till three o'clock in the morning to talk to me, I'll listen to them. Well, and you're right. It is nothing in the world but censorship. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason they're doing it that way. Um, and I meant to ask you earlier, you know, the school board plays a role in the county overall. What would you say that the role is that the school board plays in the county? Yeah, so it's it's actually really simple um, it, what they do. They, they hire and manage the superintendent, and they also make policy and enact policy. <coughs> Those, that's really the only two jobs of the school board. A lot of people say, hey, can you guys um, make the school day shorter? I'm just making something up. Or, right. you know, can you um, help my child with this discipline issue? Or, you know, my teacher's teaching the wrong thing. Um, those are certainly issues that a school board member can bring to the operational staff um, and certainly have influence over those things um, and, and bring things to the light that parents are looking for. But unfortunately, the superintendent is the one that runs the day-to-day operations of the entire school system. This is a $2.8 billion school system. Um, that's the annual budget for the school system. So that superintendent that is hired is the most important person possibly in the county. Um, they run the biggest budget of the entire c- uh, county um, uh, in the state, the single largest um, non-state budget. So when they fired our superintendent with a year left on his contract, who'd been in place for 26 years and the longest tenure superintendent in the country, um, that was a rash decision that was unwarranted. There wasn't even a reason given for the firing of him. He had mm-hmm. already, already announced he wasn't coming back. He yeah. said, this is my last contract. I'm leaving July of 2022. I'm just going to ride it out. I would have said, thank you very much for letting us know that. Let's start the process in July of 2021 of identifying people, and let's involve him in the training Absolutely. of our new superintendent. Um, things things have, had gone so well from a metric standpoint for our students, for our teachers, for our staff. Um, why not use his expertise to, to help that transition? But instead, we decided to fire him and hire someone within two months. And the person we hired, you know, the jury's still out, but the board he came from gave him a vote of no confidence. Exactly. And, and that's, you know, that's that would be concerning to me. And, and he was uh, hired with a he was the only finalist for the job and he was hired with a five nothing vote. Um, and, and those things are concerning. And some of the things that he's trying to bring to our district now are also concerning to me. So, um, again, I'll say the jury's still out, but there's certainly some concerns. Well, the jury's out for some people. The jury's in for others. Sure. Um, I know that um, my personal feeling is the reason that they fired our former superintendent and didn't use him for training because they wanted to basically make a 180-degree change, and they did not want him training anybody. 
I, I, I would agree with you. And I think that they saw that there was a short window time frame that they had to implement all the the entire agenda that they want to implement. And so they said, we have to do this now. And they acted quickly um, and they made it happen. Yeah. Um, and it's been a detriment to the million people that live in this county, to our property values, to our businesses, because there are businesses that are not coming here. There are people that are moving out of this county. Um, I promise there's teachers that are leaving this district because of the school system. When I was growing up, my parents moved to wherever they moved. <coughs> As we went across in different places in different states, they moved where they moved based on the school districts mm -hmm. and the reputation of the school district. Mm -hmm. And our reputation brought people here before, and it's not bringing a lot of people here now. That's I left Kentucky because of the school system, and I came to Gwinnett County because of the school system. And a lot of people are leaving Gwinnett County because of the school system at this point, which you did not see before. That they left for other reasons, but they didn't. They never left because of the school system. Right. And they are doing that now. You, you can't find a private school spot to save your life right now in, mm -hmm. in the surrounding areas because they're all full. No. Because people want to get out of this county. Nope. There's a lot of kids moving over to places like GAC, mm -hmm. uh, a lot of that in private schools. Hebron. Yep. To get out of the public school system because of the chaos that's there right now. Mm -hmm. Dysfunction. Mm -hmm. I think really dysfunction is about the best way to put it. And it starts with leadership. Uh, absolutely, and in a lot of ways, it ends with leadership. Mm -hmm. And you can't lead if you don't have anybody to follow. Correct. <laughs> so, but um, well, tell us more about your role in the special needs community because I know that you do more than just have a special needs child. About school choice, and you mean maybe what parents have as rights? Yeah. So, you know, part of my platform is is I want to be a voice for parents. Um, I want to uh, listen to. <laughs> not only my constituents, because a school board member, while they're, they're elected by, by their constituents in their district, they represent the entire county. And so I, I wouldn't just make decisions for my district. I'd make decisions for the entire county. And I think that's what a lot of the school board members have difficulty understanding is that we didn't elect you specifically, but you represent our child and you make decisions for our children. So, you know, my role, uh, you know, in, in the special needs community is has been to to try to advocate for not only my child but but all children um, that have such a spectrum of, of special needs you know from uh, mild to, to severe and, and there are so many children again in our county um, that that have special needs so um, you know my, my son is in Boy Scouts and I try to challenge him with activities that we go on and um, try to um, there's a couple other kids in our in our scout troop that have special needs as well and um, just try to be welcoming and and try to educate other people on that community and, and kind of what they can do to be more accepting and and more helpful and, and i think in today's day and age people are generally more accepting and more helpful and more reasonable than they were 15 20 years ago um, but i think we still have a long way to go and I, and I think it's it's important that we as a society assimilate to that community rather than ex expecting them to assimilate to us um, because um, it's it's just important that we are the ones that are more um, you know, accepting and we're more, um, we can be more flexible and things like that. Well, you know more by living the, living it, mm -hmm. what the kids need. You know, all kids need to feel like they belong and that they're a part of whatever they're in. And it's generally up to the rest of the people around them to help them feel that way, especially if they're special needs. Mm -hmm. But they have to understand, and a lot of people don't understand. Yeah, and, and you know, when it comes to, uh, you, you spoke a little bit about school choice, um, 
special needs kids in Georgia uh, do have access to something that's called SB 10, which is um, basically your state dollars. Uh, it's actually your, your extra federal dollars that um, uh, the federal school system gives your child, gives the system to educate your child. And so we as special needs parents can take those dollars and we can go to a private school or homeschool or, or we have options. Everyone else in the state does not have options. You know, you're, you're, you have to go to whatever public school is, is your zip code. And there was some legislation this year that was going to expand school choice beyond special needs children. Unfortunately, that legislation was killed uh, in the House this year. Um, but there's, there's still hope that, you know, next year it could come back up. And it was going to give every family the opportunity to use $6,000 to go to a private school. Is that going to pay for a private school? Of course not. But it's, it's a nice seed money for it a private helps. school. And, and, you know, ultimately, a lot of people say, you know, if you're pro-school choice, you're against the public school system, which is not true at all. Because, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's what I stand for, is I stand for parental choice, whether it's masks or vaccines or school or, or, or whatever. The parents, that's the most local control you can get, is the parents know what's best for their child. And I, who am I to question what's best for someone else's child? Um, you know, and, and the parents are the ones that need to make those decisions. Um, and I stand by that, and I'll stand by that when I'm on the school board as well. Well, most of the time, we have a hard enough time raising our own children and making the decisions for our own children. But putting ourselves in a position of basically be saying, I'm going to make a decision for all these kids, that is a, that's, that's a decision that doesn't need to be there. It, it, it can weigh on you. And that's something that throughout this race I've had to think about is not what's best for my child, but what's best for all children. Mm -hmm. And when you look at things through that lens, it oftentimes changes the outcome of your decision. Um, and because inherently as human beings, we think about what's best for us. We're selfish. That's just who we are. Yes. And, and, and you have to really give up that selfish and you have to become selfless and think about the greater good and the fact that 180,000 children are going to be affected by your decision. I don't think that's happening right now. I think I think as a school board, we're looking at things through a small lens and we need to broaden that lens and understand that yes, this is your perspective, but this may not be what's best for all children. No, I, I totally agree. Well, let me ask you this. You know, everybody has a reason for running. And, you know, why should people choose you over your competition? And, and, and that's what it is, is competition in politics now. So Sure. Uh, you know, I've, I've explained to people throughout this entire process, the most important thing is I am, I am as a dad. Second most important thing is I'm a special needs dad. Um, I, I've got a stake in the, in the, in the school system. Um, I think that should be a prerequisite for the job as you have a child that attends school in the district you're looking to run for. Um, and, and I think our, our school board needs a fresh look. I think it needs someone to come in with some fresh eyes and, and not go with the status quo because the status quo isn't working right now. Um, we made some changes and they were holistic changes and, and we're feeling the effects of those right now. And you can just, again, look at the numbers. We're going the wrong direction. It's a big, big ship. And we've got to turn it back very, very quickly, as quickly as it was turned this direction, and get it back going the right direction, not only for the school system and the, ch and, and the, the children, but for the citizens of the county um, and for the greater good of the county. I think if you ask anybody in this county what's the most important thing, they're going to tell you it's the school system. So if we continue down this road, we're going to turn into a county that we don't want to be, and there's not going to be as many people be here, uh, live here. And, and you'll see the population going backwards. You'll see, you know, all the things that we've seen in other communities happen here. And this is such a good place to live right now. Um, we need to continue to grow it rather than, than uh, stunt that growth. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's, 
kind of thing out right now to you know about building it back better say i got a better <laughs> idea once you just put it back the way you found it right exactly <laughs> you know and, and change can be good but it's not always good and yeah. to change for the sake of change is not the reason to make change. Absolutely. Uh, I, I totally agree. And people have the hardest time in the world dealing with change and accepting mm -hmm. change a lot of times. Mm -hmm. But, you know, with a lot of thought process behind it, change can be good. Mm -hmm. But it can also, if there's not much thought behind it, it can be terrible. And especially yeah. when you're dealing with your children. Yeah, and I'll touch on one other subject. You know, some of the changes we're trying to make with our discipline system in our school, uh, our teachers right now, are afraid to go to their classrooms because of the behaviors that they're seeing in these children and they they literally feel physically threatened there's nothing they can do about it and there's nothing they can do about it and there's nothing the administration is doing about it and so they're scared that's another reason that they're leaving so we're changing our discipline system to be softer and, and, and a restorative justice program that's not working and, and we've got to make sure that the children understand that they don't run the school, that the, that the, the teachers and the administration run the school. And there's rules they got to live by. We all have to live by rules in life. We've got to be to class on time. We can't call our teacher curse words. Um, you know, we've got to pay attention. We've got to make good grades. Those are all general standards we've got to live by. And right now, unfortunately, those aren't being lived by, and it's, and it's due to lack of discipline. Um, and, and, I, and I think we've got to turn that ship extremely fast. Well, there are, they've got to learn that there are rules and that there are choices, but for those choices, there are consequences. Mm -hmm. And those consequences can be good or they can be bad, right. depending upon the choices that you choose to make. Yeah. Our kids right now are not learning that, that the choices necessarily have consequences to go with them. Uh, you know, a prime example, and it's not for children, but it's the thing that they did, you just saw on the Oscars, mm -hmm. where he goes up and he slaps him. Mm-hmm. What are going to be the consequences? They're talking huh. a lot about there's really not going to be any. People were applauding him in a standing ovation when he walked off the stage. That mm -hmm. is, that's sick. Mm -hmm. that, is a, that is a sign of a sick society. Mm -hmm. That was uncalled for. It was unnecessary. And, it, and, and not but only it happened. It, it showed everybody. It hurts the good kids in the school system. Because they don't feel like they can be outspoken. They don't feel like they can talk. They don't they, feel safe. Yeah, they don't feel safe. And so, you know, it, it's it's just a snowball effect of really what happens. So we've got to, that's one of the biggest changes we've got to make very, very quickly. Well, let me ask you this. How do people, if, you know, learn more about you if they want to help you out, they want to donate to your uh, run, they want to give their, their time or their money? How do they get in touch with you? What way do they go? Yeah, so our election is May the 24th. Um, it is um, when the judges are being elected, and it's during the primary. That's our final election. We will not have an election in November, so the only opportunity you will have to vote for your school member will be May 2nd through 24th, but the uh, in-person voting date is May 24th. Um, I can be reached. Uh, my website is www.rudnickgwinnett.com, R-U-D-N-I-C-K-G-W-I-N-N-E-T-T.com. Um, you can shoot me an email through there. It's got my, my personal contact information, my phone number. Um, certainly can donate through there. Um, I, I, it's, it's a smaller campaign, so we appreciate every dollar we get. Um, we're trying to do big things with the dollars that we have gotten. People have been very, very generous with us so far. Um, and, uh, and lastly, on Facebook, uh, Michael Rudnick for Gwinnett County School Board District 2. Um, we've got a good following on there, a lot of uh, opportunities to volunteer time, uh, ways to donate, and talents to donate um, are, are looked th through that uh, site as well. Well, I wish you all the luck in the world. Uh, we need to make some changes. We need to make some positive changes. And I think that uh, you, you present an effort, excellent opportunity to make those changes. Sure. 
So I do wish you all the luck in the world. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to come here. Well, I appreciate you being here. And I want to thank everybody for joining us on Case in Point, presented by Paradigm Security Services and in part by Sosby's Garage. Be sure to join us for the live broadcast every other Wednesday and sometimes right now during this political season every Wednesday at 11.30 a.m. here on Business Radio X. If you miss the live broadcast, no worries. You can enjoy the show anytime you want by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and, of course, then clicking on Case in Point. The program is also available in iTunes, iHeart, Spotify, really wherever you enjoy your favorite podcasts. Be sure to subscribe and hit that button for Case in Point so you don't miss any of our future episodes. For my guest, Michael Rudnick, running for District 2, and my producer, Mike, I am Rick Strawn, and remember, at Paradigm Security Services, we cover more than just your assets. <laughs>